Kia This program is brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Wellington Access Radio, make your voice heard. Uh, Kia ora, Wellington. This is B-Side Stories on Wellington Access Radio, 106.1 FM. Thanks for joining us today, uh, not in the studio, but joining me online via Zoom. Rhiannon Mackey is the Wellington Regional Secretary of the School Strike for Climate Movement, who has uh, been on the show several times. They're a real friend of the podcast. Uh, Now, School Strike for Climate had planned a strike action ahead of the election this year, which is now all up in the air a bit because of all uh, all of the recent COVID activities and new alert levels, uh, but Rhiannon is still here to talk to us about the movement and about uh, how people can get involved and help out with School Strike for Climate and getting climate action in Aotearoa. So kia ora Rhiannon. Kia ora. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. I guess I wanted to start with just a really broad question. So um, tell me a little about yourself. Um. I'm a year 11 student at Hart Valley High School, so I'm really, I got involved in School Strike for Climate last year, Um, sometime, couldn't exactly pinpoint the time, but sometime between May and August, I kind of just gradually got involved. Um, Yeah, outside of climate activism, I'm a keen underwater hockey player and love to read and spend time in New Zealand's uh, natural environment. So I love spending time in the bush and going for bush walks with my family. Oh, brilliant. And um, are you, would you describe your family as like a bunch of environmentalists? Um, I guess so. I mean, I've kind of, we've always kind of had an environmental sort of had those conversations about like the environment and protecting it and looking after it since I was a kid. So I guess that's kind of what originally got me into all the climate activism stuff. So yeah, I guess so. So were you involved in school strike for climate when, uh, when the previous events were happening and there was big uh, strike actions and big marches to, to parliament and elsewhere happening elsewhere in the country? Um, I went to the first two marches, so the one on March 15th and the one on May 24th as a participant, but then I helped to organise the September 27th march, um, where we had 170,000 across Aotearoa. Wow. Yeah, and 40,000 people in Wellington, so. So what what was your role in organising that? Um, I was just a regional organiser. I kind of just did what was needed, um, helped out a little bit of everywhere. So, yeah. And what was your experience like going to those previous events, first as a participant and then as an organiser? As a participant, it was pretty empowering. Like, there's this kind of energy in a march where you feel like you're part of something that's bigger than just individual people involved in it and being part of that was really inspiring and I guess it gave me a lot of hope that you know we could if we work together actually make a difference and 
make it so that we have a livable planet in the future and for future generations. Mm. And then as an organiser, knowing that I had been a part of creating something so big and so powerful was really, I guess, a little bit overwhelming. Like, I still, it took me a long time to process everything that happened on that particular day. And, yeah, I was overwhelmed by the amount of people who showed up, and it was so empowering. It gave me so much hope for the future, which, you know, in the climate change movement, climate activism movement, it's not always easy to find. So, yeah. That is, <clears throat> that's super cool. Um, yeah, I totally agree. I know that a lot of people get a lot of value out of going to those strike actions, going to those big marches and like feeling the power of collective action and kind of get, get, you know, their hope increased for what, what we can do to take action on climate change. So how did you, I mean, I guess I want to hear about what you did to reach out to the school strike organizers and, and get yourself involved. Like, did you know how to approach um, being, becoming more involved and be, being an organizer in a big movement like that? Um, I didn't, it wasn't, it was really weird how I got involved. I kind of just gradually got more involved in the movement because I went to this placard making event in Wellington before the first strike on so before March 15th and then from there I kind of got to know a couple of the organizers and sort of joined the group that way um, but I didn't really know how to get involved and I took me a while to ask to get more involved but whereas now we've been implementing I guess a sort of process for getting people to come involved get involved in the group which is working really well and we've got a bunch of new members who've come in it's really cool to see the group um growing and expanding neat so you must have felt like you were i mean qu quite welcome or quite uh encouraged to step up by the other people who were organizing yeah definitely the group was really welcoming and really friendly and definitely encouraged, I was definitely encouraged by a lot of people to kind of just get involved and put my hand up for stuff. And so I did. And yeah, kind of just gradually took on more responsibilities. Yeah. And who, what, what, what kind of people are involved in organizing for the Wellington region? Like, you know, which schools or, or what, what type of people do you come across in that organizing? group um there are a lot of lots of different schools lots of different people from all kinds of different backgrounds and it's yeah i think everyone kind of brings their own background and their own history to the movement which is what makes it so powerful is because no one in the group has the same story no one in the group has experienced the same things and so you have a lot of people with a lot of different stories which i guess is what activism is all about is about tying those stories together and creating something unstoppable which yeah that's fabulous um <clears throat> i uh i also want to acknowledge that 
I think it was back in November uh, after the big, after two big, maybe it was three in the end, big um, strike actions by school strike for climate, the government passed the zero carbon act. Uh, and that was a huge uh, step forward in New Zealand's climate action. So what was the reaction from you and your peers? For me personally, I was, I'd been, when they passed it a couple of days earlier, I'd been at a silent protest outside parliament all day because they were doing the second of the three readings before they passed the bill. And so for me, hearing that the bill had passed was, I guess, a little bit of a relief because it was, it's not as strong as it could be, but it was something real and something that was there. And it was, yeah, I guess I was, yeah, it was something that was real and something that was there. And it was something that kind of said, yes, this is a problem. Let's do something about it as a country. And for me, yeah, just felt a sense of relief and hope for the future. And, cool. Yeah. So now that that's happened, what what is the school strike for climate sort of, how have the demands, I guess, changed or morphed or advanced now that the government's taken that step? Um. We are currently focusing, we've got two main demands, and they've been shaped, obviously, by the current COVID-19 pandemic and everything that's going on with that. And so those two demands are that the government invests in a green COVID response, so building a renewable and a regenerative economy. Um, obviously, they have this huge economic relief package available, and that's going to my generation will be paying that debt off for the next for for years and years and so it's so important that that money is put into um uh projects and invested in things that aren't going to increase climate change to the point where we reach that tipping point where we can't stop the effects of this and our second demand is that the government invests in a just transition for workers in unsustainable industries. So that means retraining is available and it means that the government is um, working with tangata whenua youth and the communities where those workers in unsustainable industries are to make sure that no one is left behind as we transition to a zero carbon economy, especially in the light of the closure of the Rio Tinto aluminium plant down south. Um, it's so important that people and their livelihoods are looked after and that we aren't moving forward in a way that doesn't benefit the entire nation and in a way that we need to make sure that we're not leaving anyone behind. Mm. Wow, cool. That's a that's a challenging thing, but it's a really important thing. So what kinds of things I know that everything is kind of up in the air with new COVID alert levels and things kind of changing, maybe not being able to meet in large groups for for uh 
right now and maybe ongoing throughout 2020, but can you talk a little bit about what the school strike organizers are planning to to this year and especially ahead of the election to try to get those demands, get more attention and and be more important uh, as we go into this election cycle? Um, Yeah, so currently we, we were originally planning a strike in the, in the next few weeks, but obviously due to COVID-19, that's had to be um, postponed until further notice. So we don't know if and when we'll be able to hold that. Um, but especially with the election coming up, we'll be looking for alternative ways and alternative actions that we can do that are safe and that won't endanger the community. Um, that will put our voices out there because we're currently in the midst of two global crises and one is more immediate than the other and that is and getting more attention that is only fair because this is a crisis that we need to deal with now but we can't forget about the long longer term crisis that's waiting for us once we've finished dealing with the current COVID-19 and the economic uh, and the economic impacts of that. So we'll be looking for alternative actions that we'll be doing um, in the upcoming weeks and months to, yeah, just keep keep our voice out there and keep pe- remind people of those demands and of the fact that climate change is such an important issue. Mm. If people kind of want to stay updated on what uh, school strike is up to and how they can support that big demand for climate action and just transitions, uh, what's a good way of following what's happening uh, to kind of know what's coming up? Yeah, um, our Facebook and Instagram pages are probably the best place to look for information. So if you search up School Strike for Climate New Zealand, you'll find us pretty easily. School Strike 4 with the numeral 4. Yeah. School Strike for Climate. Yeah, the Facebook page. That's where the updates always happen first I find is on the Facebook page yeah and if anyone's I guess if you're keen to get more involved then yeah message our Facebook or Instagram pages and someone will put you put you through to the right people as well yeah and do you want basically school kids to be getting involved or can can grandmas and other people uh reach out as well um Look, we are a team essentially of school students, but we really appreciate the support of others as well. So even if you're not a school student and you want to get involved, you can still volunteer your time on when, if and when we're able to run events again, you can volunteer your time then or uh, to help with marshalling or support in other ways as well. And I guess... Wellington, in the Wellington region, we're always looking out for volunteers to help with marshalling on strike days. So if and when we're able to run those strikes, we'd really be, if you are keen to do something like that, get in touch. Yeah, neat. I was wondering if you could give us a little, like, a little insight into how the school strike movement is run, because it seems like it's just emerged out of nowhere and it has this character of being really led from the grassroots. Uh, and sometimes um, 
you know, making decisions with a, a group of disparate people can be really challenging. So I wondered if you could give us a little insight into how school strike is run and whether you've, whether you've all figured it out <laughs> and um, have a great way of getting organized and making decisions um, that, make, that helps make you so successful. Well, yes. So I can definitely give you a bit of insight into that. So we have, I guess, a national committee made up of representatives from all of the regions where Skill Strike is active in New Zealand. And so most of those regions have like one representative and larger ones sometimes have more. And that committee makes, I guess, the big decisions. Um, so like strike dates, cancelling strike dates, but, and contacts groups on a national level. Mm. Um, but everything else is left up to the regions. So there's a lot of, I guess, free will there for the regions to determine how they, how they run events. Um, their national team kind of serves as a communications tool for that as well. Um, yeah, and then within regions, there's kind of a lot of different ways of running things. And each region has its own kind of setup, but they all report back to this team. And so there's communication that's consistent across the country. And yeah, yeah and those representatives will help, will make decisions as a group um, when it's something that needs to be made at a national level. And everything else is made regionally. For example, in Wellington, we, yeah, we have our, like, we follow our constitutional documents, kind of, which um, set up how we function as a team. Um, and, yeah, run meetings every week and make sure that we're, yeah, just making sure that everyone has a voice within the team and that we're keeping things polite and democratic. Very neat. So when we go to, so um, when we go to a actual strike event and we see the big crowds there, it's actually our local school strike group that's organized that local event. Yeah. Neat. And you must have you must have quite high turnover. I can just imagine people go, going on from school and not you know, having other priorities and doing other things and you get new kids coming into school and wanting to get involved. Uh, can you talk a little bit about, well, like how to bring people up to speed or like wh whether people need a little bit of mentoring or help to know how to uh, participate? Yeah. I mean, we tend, we've been bringing on people into the Wellington team. Um, yeah. For a while now. Um, we, we've got a reasonably sized team. We've got about, I don't know, maybe 15, 20 people, but obviously when you're bringing new people into the team and obviously not all of those people are as involved as everyone else, but when you're bringing new people into the team, I guess we make sure that they know what's going on, that they know who they can go to if they need help. They've got mentoring and support and yeah, we go through everything that's important on a call before they come to team meetings and get added to, yeah, get before they kind of meet the rest of the team, they'll have a call with one or two organizers. 
yeah go through all the important stuff and make sure that yeah that the person knows kind of the basics of what's going on then there's everything else which kind of people get brought into as they kind of get more involved yeah Whew. um very organized what well, uh, uh can you talk about kind of the the skills that you're gaining um from being involved that you think are going to be really valuable to you uh, even outside of activism yeah i mean i've gained i guess a lot of confidence and yeah like talking in front of large crowds and um coordinating things and stuff has given me a lot of confidence and i guess also time management is another really key one and organization because there's a lot, so much that needs to get done. If you haven't got, if you're not on top of everything, it all kind of falls, falls to pieces. So yeah, just being able to manage a lot of work and getting it done. Um, yeah. I guess also communication skills, like learning how to communicate around the, like climate change as an issue has improved my communication skills in other areas as well. Very cool. Um, and Rhiannon, do your, do your parents help you out? Does your family like help you make it, make it all work? Um, I mean, thus they support like what I'm doing, but they don't really get involved in sort of everything that I do. They kind of just, they're supportive and, They'll, they'll be like a sounding board if I need to bounce ideas or talk about what I'm doing, but they don't get involved with the actual work, which is fair because it's, they haven't signed up for it. It's me who's signed up for it. So. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah. Um, very neat. And you, um, you trust the other people in your organizing committee to um, help make those big decisions as well. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Neat. Well, uh, it's been great talking to you and learning a bit more about the School Strike for Climate movement. Um, I will keep an eye on that School Strike for with the, the number four climate Facebook page uh, so that I know about any uh, actions and activities that get planned before the election. Uh, but I will let you go for now. So Rhiannon and Mackie, thank you for joining me on B-Side Stories. Thank you for having me. That program was brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Get your voice heard. Thanks, New Zealand On Air, for funding the Access Internet Radio Project.